Today, we're going to do something we haven't done in a long time. We're talking about a blog post, Five Positive Money Habits One Writer Adopted Only Because of Coronavirus. It's Friday, July 17th. Lindsay Goldberg, author of the hit book, Bow Down, joins us. And this is Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside of Dallas, Texas, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Cihai. I'm Lindsay Goldwert. Coming to you from? Queens, New York. Fantastic. With your cat hanging out with you. Yes, he's being very well behaved. So let's cross our fingers that he doesn't just walk across the screen. Or maybe that's what people want. Everyone likes to see a cat. I think a cat photobomb is what we're really looking for here in the next 20 minutes. This is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we're tackling one that comes to us from The Financial Diet. Not only do we read them like some podcasts, we dive into how they affect your wallet and what you could do to invest safe and pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, we also share a big idea at the end of today's show you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day, all in usually less than 20 minutes. You guys doing a bunch of farming there in in Queens? There's one farm in Queens. That's awesome. They started farming, you know, in Detroit when they started raising some houses and urban farming. Just the idea of that was so cool. Uh, yeah. Today's today's show is brought to you by Acre Trader. That's why I asked. Investing in farmland simplified. Mark Twain said, buy land. They're not making more. When you look at farmland versus gold, the S&P 500, uh, commercial real estate that we talked about yesterday, it's just been horrible, uh, or bonds. This type of real estate can be very attractive. There's also, remember, it's not always liquid. There's a bunch to know to watch the explainer video and start to understand how it works. If you think that might be for you, head to acretrader.com forward slash MWF. Lindsay Goldberg, we didn't scare her away yesterday. She's back for more. Absolutely. I'm here anytime you need me. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we definitely need you today. Uh, is the is Financial Diet a blog that you regularly read? I know people who write for it, and I've definitely heard of it, for sure. Yeah, and we've had, uh, I don't know if you know Kristen Wong, who's the editor over there. She was with us uh, last season. She's she's so fun. Um, and, uh, and, and I thought this piece, I don't know about you, if you've changed habits because of COVID, changed financial habits, we're about to find out. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's piece. This is Tara from Rise Up. We'll supply the coffee, they'll supply the headlines. That's why I listen to Money with Friends. All right, as I mentioned, this comes to us from The Financial Diet. It's written by Dominique Lachey. It's five positive money habits I only adopted because of quarantine. Uh, Dominique writes, I started getting serious about my financial situation in the summer of 2019. I read everything I could get my hands on about financial planning. I worked on unraveling my many negative beliefs about money, and I set up all the right bank accounts. But even though I was taking steps in the right direction, I struggled to fully adopt good money habits and practice them consistently in my everyday life. I lived under the dangerous assumption that because I was still young, I was allowed to be irresponsible with my money. I told myself it was okay to slack off on my savings goals or disregard my spending budgets in favor of this idea of being young and carefree. I thought I had all the time in the world to figure it out and that one day I'd just wake up and be ready to start taking my money seriously. Well, when the COVID-19 global pandemic hit at the beginning of March 2020, it was a rude awakening. I realized how wrong I'd been, thinking I had so much time to improve my financial situation. I quickly learned the importance of making responsible financial decisions all the time and every day because you can never know when there might be an emergency. I'm incredibly fortunate and privileged to still be working during the pandemic. I feel immensely grateful 
that I haven't been laid off or let go, even though I did receive a significant pay cut. In order to manage this and other COVID-related life changes due to the virus, I had to get honest with myself about my financial habits and made some serious adjustments for the better. Here are five good money habits I only adopted because of quarantine. We're not going to read uh, Dominique's habits completely. I think uh, uh, we'll use this, though, for I think what's going to be a great discussion, Lindsay. Number one, she says she actually built her emergency fund, finally. Emergency fund sounds like something we all talk about, but yet it seems like when an, we get letters to the show, people always talk about how boring it is, and I don't want to do an emergency fund. Let's do the sexier stuff like investing and making a bunch of money on Robinhood. I think the problem with the emergency fund is that I, I think that it just needs to be rebranded. You know, I just think you need to give it a sexier name so that you feel less bored with it. You know, I think that you just need to figure out like how to get excited about having that, just that chunk of savings, you know, just in case something awful happens, like the ceiling caves in or, or you get into a car accident, you know, or, or, or there's, you know, a, a once every hundred years pandemic. But yeah, I just think it's a branding issue. It's really important to have that money. You know, we all struggle with keeping it. You know, it's not, it is boring, but yeah, just uh, call it um, savings max or savings terminator savings. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, it's just funny that you say that because I'm I'm uh, doing a master class. One thing I've done a lot of is a lot of these personal development classes uh, during COVID, and and I really like them. But one is an advertising agency does a master class. I'm not going to get the guy's names, but they did the whole milk campaign. Remember the you know milk with a with a, the whole got milk thing, and milk yeah. milk just needed rebranding. You're saying we do the same with the emergency fund, and we're good. 100. percent Yes. You know, there was a, there was a woman who wrote a piece a few years ago and she called she called the emergency fund year am I allowed to swear I always forget that, that no but but but, but okay <laughs> there was a woman who um she 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 wrote an article about calling it like the, the an effort fund Paulette yes Paulette and, perhaps yeah yes and that was so that's it's just it's an emergency fund but she just she just framed it a little bit differently she said you know that this is for if you want to just get out if you need to move out of your home if you need to if you need to quit your job and suddenly that just resonated with a lot of people. It's like, yeah, I do need something in case I want to like, it just is more edgy and romantic, you know, yes, so. way better. You know, what's funny is that a lot of the time I, I think of it as, and this is not a sexy title at all, but it's, it's my opportunity fund. Like I think of it as if, if I want to take a vacation, it's my vacation money. If I want to, if, 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 if I find some stupid, you know, stock that I want to take a flyer on where it's more of a bet than an investment, I feel free to touch that money. If I want to buy a new board game, I use that money uh, <laughs> to do it. So well, it's all these uh, different things, but you're right. Emergency fund just doesn't sound... It's not sexy. And it's interesting, too. Um, when I worked at Capital, um, which is another investing app and savings app, they talked a lot about how um, if you put a if you put a name to a savings thing, you know, just instead of just savings one, savings two, you put like vacation, wedding or, or literal or vacation to, to the Bahamas. You know, the more you put a label on it or even put a picture next to it, you're less likely to, to steal from that account because you've already invested, you know, putting like a, a face to a name. So. If, so just the yeah, emergency funds kind of hard to, to draw a picture of so that you can feel sexy about it. If you, so I think that's the key to getting excited about saving is to actually visualize what you're saving for. And it's hard to visualize something bad, you know, you yeah. just hard to get excited about a what if it doesn't have, has that hasn't happened yet as opposed to vacation, which is not a what if it's, you're going to take the vacation. Oh yeah. Cause I know where I want to go. I know how great it's going to be I'm sitting in a, on a, 
Yeah. You know, sitting in a square in Italy somewhere or wherever it might be. Uh, uh, yeah. Adrian says, name is something that feels crucial. Like I lost my job fund or house needs a, needs a new, yeah. needs a new yes, roof. It's whatever you could put a picture to, am I, if you can visualize it so that you don't feel so depressed about it or you can laugh about it or there's something that you, yeah, you just have to just rainy day emergency. It's so boring, you know, but it's important to have that, like whatever, three grand, six grand, you know, whatever, whatever it is that it's your expenses, you know, now is the time, you know, yeah, it's trial by fire. I, this has been an awful time. Uh, uh, Leslie likes protecting the downside, calls hers the crisis fund, the crisis. If, sure. I, if I have a However crisis. Whatever works for you. Absolutely. You know, but, but your point about naming your money, when I was a financial planner, I started doing that with clients. We'd set up a separate fund that was the, um, we want to own a second house in the future fund. And people would never, by the way, they'd never call it the name of the fund that it was. Um, they'd always call it the, the vacation house fund. So it's funny. They say, so how's the vacation house fund doing? Well, the vacation house has X amount of money in it. Here's how the, you know, at that time it was all managers. There was no, there were no, very few ETFs. So you'd always find a good manager and you'd have a good mutual fund that had it. So we'd always go over that, but it was never the name of mutual beacon or the Vanguard, whatever fund it was, the house fund. How's sure. that? Yeah. yeah was- that's what's so neat about a lot of these apps now is that, is that it makes it very easy for you to name things and bucket them out. And yeah, I mean, you it's just, it's, What's more, what would you rather steal from an emergency fund or trips to the Bahamas fund if you needed $500? You know, you'd be like, I'll just take from the emergency fund, you know, because. It's funny, Eric hanging out with us said, I label my account, do not touch. And he only gets paper statements. But what, what I find That's funny. Right. Yeah, whatever you need to do. Do, do, do. do you know Lindsay Grant Sabatier? We have met. We have met. Grant Grant has a great story in in his book. He has a picture of his do not he called his fund Eric do not touch and it had like 4 cents in it where clearly he had touched it. He had very clearly oh, that's funny. touched the do not touch fund. You know, it's uh <laughs> It's hard out there. I yes. never judge. Uh, number two, we're never going to get through these. Number two, I started looking for other streams of income. I think this made a lot of people realize just how fragile your income stream is. Freelance writing is really hard. And I and I hope that she's, I mean, I was reading this and I was like, Godspeed. I hope that you're able that, that you, if she was only looking to make 400 bucks and what $300 a month, then yeah, that would be great. There's some opportunities there. It's hard to support yourself full time. So I'm glad she has a job. Yeah. But, uh, what about the gig economy? You know, it's funny. I'm uh, The gig economy had so much promise at the start. And I really feel like a lot of people now that, I mean, driving for Uber and Lyft have been very difficult lately, right? But even when it was good, I felt like some of those jobs were made for people that didn't understand all the math. Because once you got through all the math, the driver's making very little money, Lindsay, and the, uh, the company's yeah. making big, big profits. Yeah. Yeah. Um- I think people who have bought the Uber cars, I, I think then they update their fleets. Like, I think there were some people that invested a lot of money in, it's really hard. I don't know. To me, gig economy, I, I think we talked about this last time. In my day, it was just called having three jobs, you know? And I think that there, it was sexily branding something um, that seemed more fun than just the hecticness of needing all this, this extra work. And some people are really, I think it's for people that are really good at, um, People actually just need the money. Obviously, we all need to bring a certain amount of money a month. But some people who are just like, oh, I'm already on my way to the city. I'll just pick someone up. And, you know, like some people have that 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 quality of people who just want to make and make and make money. But I, I don't know. I it, When I was in, in um, when I was working in news, I think I had my full time job and I had two full two 
steady freelance jobs. And that was really stressful. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't gig economy. It was just, that's what you, you did when you were in your twenties and you weren't making enough money. You just took on more work. Um, I didn't know there was a sexy name for it. You know, right. <laughs> would but, have made um, it so much better. It would have been so much better had it well, had a good name. Gig economy seems very tech related. It, it, I think that was a, a, a tech related thing. Um, in a way that in, in my day, things weren't quite as, although there's a lot of technology when I was doing this. So I don't know. I, I think that it's, it, made, it made it sound very glamorous, um, but it can be very hard. So if she's actually making a little bit of extra money freelancing. I think that's terrific. I do think, though, this is a great exercise, questioning your income streams and saying, where is like on a defensive measure, where could this where could this go wrong? And then trying to find ways so that if your income does go away right away, you have some recourse. Like, you know, we were talking earlier about developing new new skills, at the very least, developing some new skills. So it's easier to jump into a new job, I think, is a great use of time. I think, you know, it's also very, you know, I saw on Facebook or sorry, on LinkedIn that someone said, uh, you can't quarantine the hustle. And I got so mad when I read that because first of all, it's like, I, I hate that, that kind of language, but also it's, it's just, it, this is a very stressful time. And, and, and in general with bills and, you know, it, it's, I think that it's also, it's a take on other work during this stressful time when you're worried about not getting sick. It, it, there's just a lot of stress here that people, it's very easy to, to put things in a bubble and say, oh, we're just talking about money, but there's also a lot of life stress to sort of to fold in. And so if she can manage to, on top of her work, bring in a little bit of extra money. Um, I think that's great, but that's, that's, it's hard. It's very hard to take on a second job. Yeah. Adrian, when you're already working for well, yeah, and we, we don't naturally multitask well as people either. Adrian says she feels like side hustle also also is another one of those. You talk about sexy names like gig economy, having a side yes. hustle. I got a side hustle. Yeah, it's um, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of opinions about that. Yeah. Number three, I cut unnecessary spending from my life. Boy, a lot of people I think have, have been down this road. I know that um, Fidelity did a study uh, back near the beginning of this, maybe a month and a half in. Uh, remember a month and a half in, doesn't that feel like 16 years ago? Um, yes. but they did a study, Lindsay, that said that people were really paying attention to their, their bank account for the most of for a lot of people, it was the first time in a long time paying attention to every line item. And uh, I think to, to some degree, that's a good thing. Yeah, no, I think it's great. You know, it's been, I kind of realized, um, I don't want to buy any, any clothes, you know, um, unless I can go in and try them on. That's sort of my new thing. And so I haven't done any online shopping really. I think I bought some stuff off ThreadUp, which is used, you know, which is secondhand clothing. Um, yeah. And when I go to the, when I go to the drugstore, I put things back, you know, just suddenly you just think about the idea of the word essential, you know, is something that comes to the front of mind. Uh, and I, I don't think I'm ever going to spend the way I did before. Cause not just cause it seems wasteful. You just sort of, you just sort of see where that money is going and how it could be better spent. Um, but some places in New York, there's still no real shopping. So to me, it's sort of easy to not go shopping. But I know in other states, the malls are open, everything's open. Um, but I'm never going to return to to the way I used to be. Absolutely not. Mike says instead of going into uh, the store, he's not moved to box wine. So. You know what? Whatever, whatever works for you. I, I think that that's very funny. I'm trying to order in less. I'm, we're doing our best. We're doing our best. Uh, Leslie said uh, she had to delete her credit card info from Amazon, so I had a minute to think before buying. Oh, Boy, that's, that's so 
That's so smart. Yeah. I, uh, some people log out every time they, they use Amazon. I think that's really smart. Um, I deleted all my shopping apps from my phone. Um, I think I still have thread up, even though I very rarely find st- stuff I like there. But um, I, they, sometimes they have stuff that's new with tags. But I, I deleted Sephora. I deleted, I deleted all my, all the places I used to go for, for feelings. Um, I think that's really smart. Uh, the fourth one on this that Dominique did, I I used to talk about this. A lot. I haven't talked about this one in forever. Dominique reduced her credit card limit. Um, and I know that when you do that, reducing the amount of credit you, that you have available can, over the short term, lower your credit score. It'll make your credit score appear worse. Yeah. But what's interesting to me, though, is that if that works for her, it's not about your credit score. Like I feel like sometimes we overemphasize our credit score and having this great credit score versus making sure that your money works for you and not giving yourself as much, you know, much room to screw up might be a great place for her to be. That's interesting too. I mean, most people would say the opposite is to increase your credit limit sure. so you can, so that you can and just tell yourself to spend even less of it. So that's how you, you know, you get your credit lower. So I have that. I think that's, you know, I think that would, but that's advice for people who, who have good control over their, their credit yes. spending. So, um, but yeah, you know, I have I have alerts that tell me, you know, you've already reached your limit for the month. You know, I need I, I'm the kind of person that needs checks and balances. I like I like alerts, you know, as much as I want to yell at them um, when I hit a certain threshold, I get an alert, um, <laughs> which is good, you know, them. and because alerts, you know, so I, I, I don't rely on my credit limit. I rely on these little checks on myself. Yeah, I'm a guy that just needed less credit. If there was credit available, I was going to use it. Oh, that's interesting. And 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 I learned that about myself and I had to go through the seven rings of uh not just credit card hell, but collections hell to figure out that this was never going to work unless I figured out a system of managing my money that worked for me. So reducing like Dominique did, reducing my credit lines and telling them nope, nope I'm not I'm not nearly responsible enough to have that. Uh, was was a great move. No, I, I get that. I get that for sure. Everyone everyone has to get to where they want to be in, in their own way. Number five, and boy, uh, did this one resonate with me. I'm building my financial literacy in my spare time. Dominique's taking time to, uh, to what's that uh, great line from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, to sharpen the saw. You know, it's never too late to learn to, to figure out what, what you don't know. You know, there it's you know. I always say this: I'm like a broken record. They don't teach you financial literacy in school. They don't teach you what that means. They don't teach you how to read the fine print. They don't teach you what things stand for, like APR and ARM. You know, so if you could just take a little bit of time and you know, and know what people are talking about on CNBC or know what's what's in the fine print, you're doing yourself a huge favor. You know, or just if you don't understand what's in the news or in the financial section. Um, it's a good, it's always good to learn. No one should have any secrets from you. But you, and, and you see those, I think you make a good point, which is to, to continue your personal development. I also look at a lot of these professional careers where they have uh, continuing education, right? But, but, but I don't want, I don't want to, and for some careers, professional education, like I remember continuing education when I was a financial planner was a joke. It was just, you had to watch a few videos online, check a few boxes. And I felt like it was just the industry's way of covering your butt. But, but, but I think that having continuing education as a person is a great idea. Like saying, okay, what's my curriculum going to be over time? And how do I, how do I feed myself this, this good stuff? I'm, I'm now, I'd, I'd love to hear what you're kind of focused on with your 
curriculum, like what's going on in Lindsay's brain. For me, uh, uh, I'm back in history. I, I we went to Biltmore in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and I, I I just wondered about the Vanderbilts and like how that whole thing happened. So now I'm in the middle of this monster book about Cornelius Vanderbilt and the history of some of these robber barons. But nice, yeah, I'm, I'm a history freak. My favorite podcast is a uh, it's actually a British podcast called In Our Time. Oh, and um, oh, I, lo- I love it. It's uh, it's good to fall asleep to, even though it's t- it's too interesting to fall asleep to. Sometimes I learned in 1815, I think 1816, there was a year without a summer because this volcano um, Tambora blew up and it released so much ash into the air that it darkened the sky and all the crops failed. It was so I, the idea of like a year without this seems like a year without a summer in it terms does. of joy, but um. But I like, uh, but that was, yeah, so I'm, I'm always, I'm always reading history stuff. You know, I've been so impressed with my friends. A lot of my friends are doing tons of like YouTube courses. Everyone's trying to get smarter during this tough time. I'm learning more. I'm starting this new job. I'm very excited. I'm brushing up on all my SEO and marketing stuff. You know, I'm really excited to get the word out about this company. And um, at my last job, I worked at Stash, um, another great financial app. Um, I had a bigger team, so I had people to do certain things with me and for me. So now I, but now I'm going to be a, a little bit of a one man band. So I'm trying to want to show up the best I can be. Well, in just a moment, uh, uh, this. Well, and before we even get to our takeaway, what do you think about this piece overall? I thought it was very nice. I thought she was very relatable. I thought she was super helpful. And it's interesting because initially the the tips seemed kind of basic, but when you got really into it, you, there was a lot of good info in here. And and I really appreciated her honesty. That's my big thing is honesty. Like with the, with the, you know, if you just say where you're at and you admit that you didn't know something, I think it's immediately more relatable. So I appreciate that she was like, listen, I didn't know. And the COVID was a huge wake up call to me. I really appreciate that because it's easy to say that, you did something it's easy you know what i'm saying like i don't like people who brag about how smart they are like i like uh, i like people who admit that when they made mistakes yeah yeah and i and, and i think that's more fun with money well we know that from your podcast right like it's, right. it's it is I, I like lessons i like le- i learn from lessons i don't learn from lectures yeah from <laughs> case studies in in just yes. a moment uh, Lindsay and i are going to have our takeaway from today's piece but first want to talk a little bit about investing in farmland big thanks to acre trader for supporting money with friends as i mentioned earlier mark twain said buy land they're not making it anymore uh why farmland well it's interesting land obviously one of the oldest investment classes in existence producing enormous wealth over generations uh, the people at Acre Trader think, and frankly, I do too, that United States farmland represents an attractive long-term investment while providing significant relative capital preservation during times of economic turmoil. What does that mean? That means that while other asset classes go up and down because we always need food and we need what comes from fields, fields always retain some of their value. Historically, farmland has been really a boring investment and frankly, boring in a lot of good ways. So for more on Acre Trader and how they divide a field, you end up buying a piece of a field. The good news is you don't have to know how to be a farmer. Acre Trader takes care of leasing the land to a responsible farmer. They look at soil sustainability. They make sure that they take uh, care of all of the environmental uh, things around the field. And then you actually get your money back when they sell the field. So you get a yearly piece of what the farmer pays uh, in rent to uh, to work the field. So you'll get a yearly 
amount of money, your part of the rent, and then you get your money back. And what that means, by the way, guys, is that your money is locked up. So there's a bunch of stuff to know before you invest, but I really like it. I grew up in farm country in West Michigan. If you want to check it out, it's acretrader.com forward slash MWF. And if you use our link that tells uh, them that we sent you and that's how they pay us. So thank you for using our link. If you decide that acre trader is for you, uh, Lindsay, what's our, what's our takeaway on this piece? You think biggest aha? I, I think the biggest, ha-ha, biggest aha is, is, um, what is it? I know. I I just think the biggest aha is that you have to. It's like now is a good time to take a look at your finances and to just see the mistakes that you made in the past, and just is never too is never too late to start to make good habits, you know. And and even though if you had a little bit of shell shock when this all happened, I think it's. I think she's great that she's doing this and being so honest about it. Yeah, that's that's mine. I love the fact that she says that. You know what? I realized that I wasn't doing things right. Like I think we 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 have a lot of guilt and we go, man, I should have done that earlier. But don't spend a lot of time thinking about what you should have done because you can't go back and get that. Just change today and look at all the cool things that she's working on today. These five things. And by the way, it's funny, Lindsay, that you said that these seem very basic. When I was a financial planner, people always thought that it was the complicated stuff that they didn't know that they were messing up. No, it was very basic. We weren't saving enough. We weren't making it automatic. We weren't hiding right. money from ourselves. And we weren't focusing on the real goals. We were just blowing money wherever. So doing those exactly. basic things, yeah, were the You're right. Were the good That's things. a great point. I you can't fly unless you walk. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. We need a t-shirt that says that, I think. You should say t- TM at the end of that. Trademark that. Absolutely. I always yell, TM, TM. <laughs> uh, I heard yesterday uh, that you had this hit book called Bow Down, where you interview dominatrixes, and it's fascinating. We interviewed you for that on <laughs> Stacking Benjamins. People could go back and listen to that. But I also know, let's talk about this, that Lindsay Goldwert is uh, working for a company that has got to be very excited about having you. You're now with, with uh, one of my favorite apps. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting a job at Zeta, Z-E-T-A, um, an app that focuses on couples finance and trying to get couples to be aligned and get to their goals as a team. And, and bow down. Your book is available everywhere. And let's talk about the other thing. My main goal here is that I like Lindsay's podcast spent so much that the main reason I have her here is I want her to begin working on a new season. So I know you have nothing going on, but l- wh- why don't we get the new season going? Let's go. I, I I would love to get a new season going. I'm full. So Spend, for people who don't know, it was sort of a funny money podcast where I talked to interesting people about fi- their financial lessons and what they've learned. I talked to porn stars. I talked to comedians. I talked to writers. I talked to... And you never know the lessons people have, and they're all fascinating and useful to everybody, actually. Um, I would love to do a new season. Um, I am going to focus on this job first, but it's always... It's my baby. You know, I, I'm, it would be really great to, even if it's just a few, an episode here and there, I'm not, you know, I, it's on my mind. We say no judgment, no pressure. I'm totally pressuring you. I am totally oh. pressuring you. People are so <laughs> nice. It has such a nice, it, it means a lot to me that people like it. So. It is good. And you know what? These are timeless shows. Frankly, the things that you talk about uh, are very timeless. People can go back and listen to the yeah. past seasons of Spent. Yeah. All right. She's Lindsay. She'll be back in four more weeks. I'm Joe. We'll see you again tomorrow here at Money with Friends. Bye-bye.
This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.